Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Buddha, he coming. He coming, Buddha. Like a, like a dog was chasing. I said, Buddha, he coming. Man, when, when they drafted Deshaun Watson, I think – I told everyone in my family that's the happiest I've been since being in the NFL. Oh, you got burnt. Oh, you got beat. You got this. You got that. You suck. What the fuck are you talking about? Yo, what's up? It's episode six of All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, download and subscribe and make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You also can watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. Yo, Pat, man, what are we going to cover in this episode? Man, today we're going to cover the huge overtime win against the Seattle Seahawks. The upcoming bye week, news around the league, and we're going to chop it up with my boy D-Hop. We're entering in the first quarter of our show, All Things Covered, with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. And this is the chopping it up segment of our show. We get a chance to hear funny stories from Pat P. I get a chance to give a few funny stories. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about music. And I remember last week, uh, leading up to the Monday night game against the Dallas Cowboys, you told you told the audience, our fans, listeners, and viewers, that you guys were bumping the new 21 Savage. So right. question for you, Pat, is... The 21 Savage new joint, is that your go-to song right now? If mm-hmm. not, what is your go-to song and what is the entire team listening to before you guys leave the locker room to go on the field to do battle? Last year we was rocking that up. We went throwback, man. We went that Waka Flocka. Uh, what song Waka Flocka? Uh, dang, I can't think, think of the, uh, Oh, let's do it. So that yeah, was, the, yeah. that was our song last year. Uh-huh. This year right now is 21 Savage running. But for what I'm listening to right now, personally, you know me, Mac, I'm a music head. So, you know, new music come out every other day. So I'm bumping that new T.I. right now, man. That T.I., he got a track called uh, Thank God. That uh, It's called Thank God. Yep. Man, that, that, tra- that track go right there. Thank God that I made it here. Okay, so that's that, in your that, playlist that, now. Yeah, that's, that's, in, that's, that's in the game day playlist. Yeah, that's what I'm bopping right now, man. Well, when you was playing, what did yep. you listen to? I know you was a Wayne head, man. I know yeah. you like that Weezy, that G. Yeah, I like, I like that. I, I, I love Weezy, Ross, Rick Ross, yeah. um, you know, oh. Outkast, uh, Jay Z, I, I, Fab. You know, I'm a music head just, just like yourself. But yeah. my go-to was Young Jeezy, everything, everything, yeah, everything. I used that's to have it. nothing, yeah. yeah. And now I got a whole lot of everything. So that was one. And then when I really wanted to feel real gutter and ratchet, like I want to go like get real ratchet. Yeah. I put that Bootsy on, Lil Bootsy set it Uh, off. (laughs) I put that Lil Bootsy on, set it off. Yeah. I like that Bootsy. If we're getting ready to play it, you know, and and a lot of times for me, Pat, the matchup will really dictate the music. If we're playing against a team that we really not really stressing about, Mm-hmm. I might, you know, vibe to some R&B, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like one R&B <laughs> track I used to like listening to, especially we were playing the Cleveland Browns because we were oh, really, we going to stump the Browns anyway. Like that, <laughs> I'm sorry, but at that, you know, during those times, man, we were hot. They were not. But I would listen to uh that Janet Jackson, If. 
I don't know if that Janet Jackson ill. See, it's a story behind it. I gotta listen to that. I, yeah, remember, well, I, I, I know the time. song. I just had to listen to it again. I was a big time Janet Jackson fan growing up. And okay. one of my favorite shows as a child was Good Times. And mm-hmm. Janet Jackson, I had a little, a little, a little guest appearance. Well, she was a, yeah, yeah a, a she was on guest. it. Oh, no question. Penny. Yeah, I she was, love Penny. Yeah, she was Penny. on it on it. She wasn't and, no guest. <laughs> and and when, when she, you know, as she got older, granted, she was much older than me, man, I, Rhythm Nation, I was all in. So, I carried Janet Jackson with me in the locker room because I felt like when I was listening to her, she was going to be watching me play. Oh, and that was another way for me to get motivated. But if we were playing Baltimore, I'm listening to Bootsy. I'm listening yeah. to set it off. I got I to gotta get ratchet because it's going to be that type of ball game. But somebody like Cleveland or Cincinnati, yeah, I might throw on some Janet Jackson before we run, before we run out on the football field. If. That was my jam. If. Yeah, if. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. All right. Now it's time for Cardinals check-in. Man, listen here, man. This, 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 this is a, every episode is a, is a big time episode. And, you know, it's a five star matchup because me and Pat were in it. And that's how we yeah. treat all things covered. And this past Sunday night, Pat was involved in a five star matchup. Uh, Cardinals played against divisional foe, one of the best teams in the NFL in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, one of the more entertaining games so far in 2020. Uh, final score 37 34. The Cardinals were able to win that ball game in overtime. Uh, we going, we will get into the, the specifics of the ball game with Pat P, but the emotions that was, that were going through that ball game for you, Pat, man, talk about the emotional roller coaster you guys had to, uh, take part in for four quarters and in the OT period. Well, you know, Matt, you've been in the, these type of games before. It really wasn't no emo- emotional roller coaster ride for us, you know, because we felt like if we, honestly, we felt like we spotted, spotted Seattle 10 points. You know, especially mm-hmm. with that first drive and they came back in the second drive and got three more points after that. We felt like we gave them 10 points because we wasn't hitting on all cylinders. Wasn't our communication wasn't, 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 uh, hitting on all cylinders early on in the game. And we felt that if we just stuck to the strip and just continue just to plug away, keep fighting, our offense was going to do enough to, to obviously get back in the game. And it's going to, at some point, it's going to be on us to make a key stop. Yep. And that's what we did, you know, um, and, and like I said, you've been in these matchups before. You just have to make sure that you rely on your preparation. You can't get rattled. You can't get, you know, in a, in a, in kind of a disarray because you got a lot of football to play and anything can happen at any given moment. As you saw, you know, we was down 10 with what four minutes to play and we scored 10, 10 points within like three minutes. So. We just felt that if we stayed the course and, and we just kept plugging away, that uh that we was gonna have a chance at the end to win it, and that we did. Yeah, you talked about offense, listeners. Make sure you stay tuned in with us. We have DeAndre Hopkins joining us a little later in the show to talk about his personal Dude. experience in that ball game Sunday night. Uh, but in the overtime period, I was watching at home, jumping up and down. But in the overtime period, I almost pulled all my hair out. Right. And I, I don't know if you were quite aware of what was going on, but I think it was a little over two minutes to go. You guys were driving down the football field mm-hmm. and your head coach, coach, uh, coach Cliff Kingsbury decided to attempt a field goal attempt on second down. It was a 40 plus yarder or something like that. In my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, might, might want to get a little closer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? To make sure, uh, that it, it, it was a makeable field goal, but to make it even easier, he decided mm-hmm. to uh, go for that attempt on second down. Did you have any concerns or reservations about that decision and then seeing what happened 
mentally, how did you have to, uh, what did you need to do to go back on the football field to try to get a stop? Um, you know, honestly, I knew Zane, he's been, he's been, he, he haven't missed a kick all years. You know, I, actually, I think he missed an extra point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, you know, for, as he's been with us, he's been, you know, stone cold, a stone cold killer. You know, he's been, he's made number of game winning uh, kicks for us and some clutch kicks for us before halftime. So I took my gloves off. I was like, oh yeah, this, this is in the bag. You know, you're going to make this. Then what I have a problem with is when the refs stand over the ball and mm-hmm. pause the game, but the play clock is still running. The play clock, the ref cannot pause the game when we're already ready. Yeah. Stop the, stop the play and the play clock continue to run. That's how, that's why we had to call a timeout because as you, if you go back and watch it, the ref holding everybody off because Seattle was substituting. Yeah. And as he's holding everybody, everybody off, as soon as he got over the clock, over the ball, it was like 17 seconds. So he started standing over 16, 15, 14, 13. I'm like, dang, hurry up. So now by the time he leaves, it's 10 seconds left. And you know, with the kickers, it takes them about, you know, six to 10 seconds to get through their routine. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to be rushed. So I'm like, you gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. Then we end up calling a timeout and he make it. I was like, man. Cause yeah, a lot of people you know, say on Twitter, like, time. you ice your own, your own kick. Yeah, man. I was like, come on, Zane. Don't worry about it. Come through. Come through, Zane. Yeah, that thing went up and just hung out to the left. I was like, shit. Got to go back there and get a stop. We got to go get a stop because got you can't. Got to. Yeah, you, Sudden you, change. Right. You, you hear it all the time. Sudden you change. You can't go in the game and on the field with your head down. You got to go. The game on the line. This is what legends are born right here. Exactly. In these type of moments. So we, I, I call my defense up like, hey, man. I, I said exactly what I said. I said, man, this is where legends are born. And a quick story. We're going to get Isaiah Simmons on here soon, too. Before the game, I put this on both of my daughters. I said, Isaiah, dog, I said, this is why we drafted you. I don't know what it's going to be, but you're going to make a pivotal play in this game. Isaiah played five snaps yes, and got did. an interception on the fifth snap. Probably the biggest interception of his career. No doubt about it. And what that's going to do for him, though, Cause with confidence, I've, no doubt about it. With the with his role in our team, we kind of got him all over the place. He don't know his role, but for him to get that pick, now he feel because you know when you're not playing, coming from a, a, a big institution, you're not playing. You're like, damn man, do I really belong? Like you should really start questioning yourself. It kind of messes with you with your confidence. Yeah, no, yep. doubt, no doubt about it. So now with him making that play on the big stage, helping his team win the ball game, I was so happy for him because I called it out for him. Oh man, that's that's hey, that's that's good. Insight there, Pat P. Appreciate that giving great insight. Yeah. Uh, also, too, about Isaiah Simmons because we know the talent is there. He just has to yeah, find out right. exactly what he, the best thing that he does for your yeah. defense. 100%. The viral moment of the ball gaming could be the viral moment of the NFL. The entire right. season was DK Metcalf <laughs> running down Buddha Baker. I mean, it was trending on social media all night. It's it's a meme now. Uh, it's probably going to <laughs> trend throughout the year. Man, let me let, now. Now, I saw the play from seven different angles. If and I'm a vouch for Buddha, man. I'm a, I'm gonna give him a break here, but go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw I saw the the play from about seven different angles. Yeah. I saw you because you you started to put it in high gear also to go celebrate yeah. with your guy because you actually thought he was going to score. Right. <laughs> but in in mid sprint. Right, because you had to see number fourteen going oh, to chase. I was Buddha guarding down. him. I was yeah, guarding. Yeah, you ran a little, a little under route, a little drag route. I saw a little drag route. What were you thinking in mid sprint, seeing 
Buddha just basically get reeled in like a fish in so, water. So check this out, right? So Buddha get the pick, boom. Like you said, DK's in front of me. I'm right, like right on the side of him. I see Buddha get the pick, and the, the only thing that I see DK just <laughs> he put the head. I was like, down. oh boy, <laughs> and he got it on his mind. So I see Buddha got a good head start. He like ten yards in front of him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm running behind Buddha. I'm like, we about to do our celebration. And we end up still doing it. But we, I'm like, we about to do our celebration. I'm like, yeah, we about to turn up right now. My boy got a pick sit. We got a pick back to back games. We about to turn all the way up. Then I see DK just getting closer and closer. I'm like, yeah, Buddha, yeah. Next, as he getting closer and closer, say, Buddha, he coming. He coming, Buddha. <laughs> like a, like a dog was chasing. I said, Buddha, he coming. I, he coming right behind you. Get right behind you. Next thing, next thing you know, you end up tired. Hey, hey, Pat, you already know, like, if, for, for you listeners and, and viewers that are watching us, if you ever been to a track meet, and you see Ooh. one sprinter went running Ooh. with their head down and the other sprinter running with their head back like a dog yeah. chasing them. You know who moving faster. Like you said, <laughs> Pat P. He can't put that head down oh, and, and was going. And man. I think it was probably after the first 30 yards, Buddha was like, that head was back. Yeah. And it was like a dog was chasing them. All right. So <laughs> now I'm here. Here I'm a vouch for my man. Buddha. Okay. On that same drive, that was a 10 play drive. Mm-hmm. And DK had got, came out two plays. Before that, which is which is huge. People don't understand. Exactly. And that's the thing I tell I tell people all the time when it comes to being a defender, especially in the NFL, we don't come out. Right. Unless you're <laughs> injured. Now, your boy, Dre, I know you said last episode he, he out of shape. I don't know if he was dealing with an injury or he just conditioning, but he mm-hmm. came out a few ball games, a few a few plays in the second half. But mostly we don't come out and wide receivers, they, they sub in and out all the time. So good point about right. that. Cause if Buda Baker was out there for 10 plays and one thing about Buda Baker, he go every hard. play he's going 110%. Right. He's giving it his all. Mm-hmm. So when he caught the momentum and the energy you used just to make that play. Right. And then when you realize you have the football, you got to put kicking in another gear. Right. I mean, that takes a lot. And it doesn't help when you got a guy who's a strong sprinter like DK who ran 4-3. And Buddha ran, what, 4-4-5. So it's not like Buddha's slow. He just – he didn't have a lot of gas in his tank. And that's the thing, too, about the listeners as well. When you when you see guys, you know, like myself or any other corners, like top-notch corners like uh, Jalen, Trey White, these guys can vouch for, for me as well. What they do is they send a they'll send a third string receiver in just to just run them off. You deep. Oh man, just oh, to run you that. deep to bring the number one guy back in fresh so he can run a route. I'm oh, like, man, I'm God. playing the whole game. Why you can't play the whole game? Hey, no question. Or are you gonna tell? <laughs> or are you gonna tell a third string receiver, bro? If it's a run play, come block me. Right. Don't Not run, run me, me off, man. Come yeah, on, just, man. Yeah, let, let's let's battle a little bit. Don't run me off, man. Because now, exactly. in your mind, Pat. You so you like man, listen, I can't let this dude who got fresh legs think he got a step on me. So exactly. now you gotta put in an extra gear. Right. And you're using more energy. Right. Yeah, man, people yeah. this bad. And that's that, what Seattle do all the time to That's inside that that's inside information because a lot of people don't understand. When you watch the NFL ball games and we watch some of these quality secondary guys, they're not coming out. No. These receivers come out. They take themselves in or out. Even if it's a big play, even if it's oh, not yeah. if it's not to your guy. You got to chase down to try to make a tackle. Do and guess what? That receiver's coming out. You got a fresh guy coming in, trying they to make a name. No, no question. No question. And, and Pat, that's a good segue, talking about DK Metcalf. Now, last week after the Cowboys' victory, I highlighted the matchup between you and number 14, DK Metcalf. And, yes, you did. Uh, 
I said it was going to be a five-star matchup. I said it. I said it was a five-star matchup. Man, looking at some of the numbers, and this stat is is, is courtesy of NFL Next Gen Stats. Metcalf versus Peterson. Pat Shadow, DK, on 42 of 49 routes. That's 86%. DK, four targets, one reception for six yards, one interception. Now, um, this is, this is the show. This is, this, the show is yours, Pat. This is, this is your floor right here. <laughs> man, man, the mindset going into that ball game. And at one point in time, did you realize like, yeah, I'm, I'm in my bag right now. This is going to be an A plus game for me man, against Metcalf. The first play, you know, they just made a, like it made a heck of a catch and, and Russell made one, one of the best throws that I had to defend in a long, long time. From the first play, if anybody go watch that play, I quit jam. Like, you jumped. Like we talked about. Like, you, I'm coming. To set you the wanted to set right the tone. Now. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> that's why you know, for our faithful, you know, fans here on All Things Covered. Remember a few shows ago, a few episodes ago, Pat said sometimes he liked to set the tone. I remember you did against AJ Green some years yeah. back. You just yeah. took you, you took a penalty on purpose. Mm-hmm. And what Pat is saying, go back and watch the first play. He jumped into Lockett's chest. Mm-hmm. I mean, bam, two hand jam, bam. You know what yeah. I mean? And Russell was able to gather himself. Pressure didn't get there. And, 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 and explain to the listeners and viewers, Pat, that sometimes you can be in great position and the play is just a better play. Oh, and yeah, that, that was, was the that, situation there. Talk no us doubt. through that play. Man, that was, uh, like I said, I quit Jenner from the get go. Um, we was in quarters. So I know I can be aggressive depending on what route that we got, but could you explain to our viewers and listeners what is quarters? So quarters is uh, basically each defender in the secondary. So you have two corners and two safeties. Both uh, each uh, each player is covering a quarter portion of the field. A fourth of the field. Yeah, a fourth of the field. So and the only way both guys would literally cover, well, all four guys will cover the fourth of the field if one does a China and uh, the, the the safeties can double double team number one. Only time it turns into man to man if we get all verts. Mm-hmm. So the receivers, if the number two receivers go past ten yards, their responsibility is now carried over to the safety. Safety. The, the safety first, is playing man to man basically. Exactly. And you got yep. the linebackers playing quarter flat, which the linebacker's responsibility or the nickel is to push those guys over the top to make those guys run humped. So mm-hmm. the safeties can maintain the inside. Uh, position to make the quarterback uh put air on the ball and give the, the the safety a better opportunity to break. So yeah, we was uh we was a quarter a quarter defense. Like I said, I knew I could be aggressive. That I was. I knew I didn't have any help over the top. So I got and DK actually DC. I'm sorry, DC actually threw me off my track because I was upfield shoulder. Mm-hmm. But once two went out to the flat in the quarter and quarter uh, as a quarter flat defender, it's called quarter flat. So if number two goes to the flat, as you know, he take him. He got to take and he got to run yep. through. So versus him running over or under, he ran through us. Yeah. So that's kind of like put me back on the low hip. But with me having some of my savvy vet skills, got my hands low a little bit, pulled myself back in position. And right when I was getting in position, I heard the ball. Like, I, you know, when you're saying, you hear ball, ball, ball. Mm-hmm. And right when I look up, it was coming down. And I had his, his uh, right hand like clenched a little bit yep. to where he had to make. That's another guy. another savvy vet move, young corners <laughs> that are listening and watching us right now. Yeah, also, so he, referees don't see that in game nah. action. They don't see that. No. Nah. So if you go back that. and watch that play, man, I, you, I literally put so many savvy vet moves in that one play. It wasn't even. It's not even funny. But anywho, 
got my hands low, clenched them, and as I'm leaning into them, um, I, I see the ball just literally come down like at the corner of my eye, and I just try to get my hand in there. And the ball literally, it it was so crazy because I saw it go right into his arm. He didn't like catch it; like, it like went it, straight into the pocket. It went the the only place it it could have gone is where it went. <laughs> that that's exactly. when I start a play, I'm like. The ball went the only place it could go for him to catch it because he had his arm already cradled while right. you had his right and it just dropped. Yeah, exactly. In the ideal that, spot. Just, just like the, uh, the one in the fourth quarter when yep. he, uh, uh, you know, damn near out of bounds and got the, had the right foot down and dragged the left. That was just that Russell. Mark. I mean, th- those were just tough contested throws. It's nothing, yes. you know, that, that's what people, oh, you got burnt. Oh, you got beat. You got this. You got that. You suck. Fuck are you talking about? Excuse my language. Like, they let it be no man. Right. Like you, you, you like the guys get paid to catch the ball too. Like, exactly. And, and Russell and in the league, these quarterbacks are good enough to put the They're ball. They're the best in, those in the world. Spots. They're the you best in the mean? world. Like I, I, I've seen Cy Young winners give up home runs. That that mean they suck. I seen exactly. Hall of Famer give up touchdown. That mean they suck. Yeah. But remember man, this: listen, it's only forty-seven. All decade DBs in the league, and guess who's one of them? Pat P. I let me. Okay, let it be known that, like Brian said, put some respect on your name, man, Pat. They be they be tripping, man. Man, they, they, they Dick LeBeau used like to it. tell us all the time. Legendary coach DC, I had in Pittsburgh, Hall of Fame coach, played the game. He said he used to tell us all the time. Sometimes the bear, sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets. They get you. It happens <laughs> when you're it's playing not- good on good. They're hey. going to do some good things also. And this is, and this is the beauty. This is the beauty about me, Mac. That whole time, yeah, I gave up two big plays, but if I was mic'd up my whole time in the game, I came out second half and said, they ain't going to catch another ball. I said, I like one, one, one thing about me, I, I rise up more in the second half because I know that's when the game is on the line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I came out that, I came out that time and said, I, they, I don't give a damn what happened. PI holding, they are, they ain't catching another ball. That's the mentality that, you got to have. Happened. I had two PBUs and a pick. That's that savage mentality. Revenge yeah, season. Yeah, ain't, ain't nothing ever gonna hold me down. So to all you fans, as always in my my comments, my all that, and the hell with y'all. I mean, y'all ain't nothing but ops. They, they, they don't understand. Me, and and the, the best way you can put this and 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 to s- simplify what you're saying, Pat, is for the fans that are so judgmental. Every day you go into your job, whatever your workplace is, right. you're not giving you you're not having an A plus day every day. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might have a B plus day. Right. Sometimes you might slip up and that assistant who's working under you might outshine you. It happens. Right. right? right. But the thing about your profession, it's not a fishbowl lifestyle. We don't get a chance to see when you mess up. You know what I mean? And, and, and it comes with the, it comes with the territory. You know what I mean? So just be under, understand sometimes when you watching these players on Sunday in the National Football League, the, 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 the highest of the the heights, it's the best of the best. I don't care if they're playing on a bad team. They're the best in the world at what they're supposed to do. So it happens. But the mentality you got to have, which is a savage mentality like Pat P and why he's still one of the best to ever do it in his position right now, they won't catch another thing. And speaking of that, I didn't know something, Pat. And like I said, shout out to uh NFL Next Gen Stats. Man, per NFL Next Gen Stats, Metcalf, and this is these stats are going entering the game from last year. Metcalf lined up against Peterson on 29 of his 56 offensive snaps in week 16 of last year. Metcalf finished with one target, no catches on 35 routes. Only time in 
21 career games, he's been catchless. So, I mean, going back to last year, week 16, and the matchup mm-hmm. we just saw Sunday night, I mean, you 2-0 and oh right now. Yeah, man. Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. I, I, I didn't hey. say it. Jay-Z. Jay-Z <laughs> said men lie, women lie. But one thing yes, that sir. don't lie, yes, numbers. Numbers. Yes. All right, before we get, you know, to around the league, man, Russell Wilson. Curly hair Russell Wilson is a bad man. Curly we talked about hair. some of them. Yeah, I call him curly hair. You know, he got that good hair. He got that mixed breed hair. <laughs> <laughs> so curly hair Russell Wilson, uh, we talked about some of the amazing passes he were able to complete against you guys. But in the second half, especially in overtime, you found a way to neutralize Russell Wilson, uh, make him look a bit normal. Three big time interceptions. Uh, he had the lowest, uh, rating of, of the year, 84.4. He threw for over 300 yards, but those three costly interceptions were huge. He had just three picks all season yep. and had three on Sunday. Uh, that was the first pick he threw in Arizona against the Cardinals, Cardinals since 2012. So he's had success against you guys there in Arizona, but talk about the adjustments you made. In the second half, you just spoke about the individual adjustments you had to make, but overall team concept, the adjustments you made against Curly Hair Russell Wilson. Um, you know, we wanted to we wanted to speed up his process. You know, in the first in the first half, we was a little passive, a little too soft as far as our, our pressures. You know, it wasn't really getting after him because we know what he can do. We wanted we wanted to be responsible in our rush lanes. Um, so after that, we saw you just having way too much time. What we uh, what we were comfortable with. So Vance, you know, started dialing up some more pr- pressures. Hey Vance, Vance came with some heat. Oh yeah, man. yeah. So he started. He, did, he, did yeah, he wanted to speed up his process, force him to make decisions quicker. Cause we're a very, very fast team. So we knew that he wouldn't be able to run around on us like he, like he do against other teams. Cause our speed and athletic ability is, you know, is match for match. So we brought a little bit more heat in the second half, giving them some different looks, uh, you know, trying to confuse them a little bit. It, it worked for us. And like I said, we just wanted to, to just continue to chip away. And for those guys, I what they had 27 points, I believe in the first mm-hmm. half. I think it was 27. Yeah. 27 to 24 and to only score seven points. In the whole second half, that was definitely a, a great adjustment by uh, our defensive staff. Well, real quick, we're gonna look ahead. You guys have a bye week coming up this weekend. You're off with COVID. The thought process in trying to be as safe as possible. What are you guys required to do? I know normally in a bye week, you know, you guys will have practices uh, throughout the week and then have an extra day to be off and maybe go, you know, on a mini vacation or a travel or something like that. But what what can't you guys do uh, right now with COVID and, and how the league is trying to police that situation? Oh, man, we can't do nothing. It's just it's going to be a normal week for the most part. we got to get tested every day and you know, that's it. Can't leave. You gotta be here, you know what I mean? Like you say, you gotta get, like I say, you gotta get tested every day. So it's just gonna be a normal week. We're just gonna have, you know, what, four or five days off from the facility far as, mm-hmm. you know, no meetings, no workouts. Just have five days to ourselves to where we can enjoy our families and, and get our bodies back up on earth so we can get ready to make this nine game run and see where, uh, where those nine games take us, take us and, you know, and see what the season leaves, uh, leaves us from there. Now. We're in the Around the League portion of our show. We get a chance to talk to Pat P about what is going on outside of the Arizona Cardinals facility. A, a, a former college mate of yours, man, you didn't play together at LSU, but you guys are alum of the Tigers there in Baton Rouge. OBJ out for the season, tore, tore his ACL Sunday 
against the Cincinnati Bengals. Man, a huge loss. I don't know if you actually saw the play, but you know, it was a, it was a crazy play. He actually tore his ACL trying to it's make like a the tackle. The first play or something like that, right? I yeah, didn't I think it was the first or like, second oh, play. Clearly it was the first series, man. And, and, yeah. and, and I know you know OBJ personally, man. Just, you know, have you, have you heard from him? Have you reached out to him? And what are your thought process about, you know, his mindset and trying to come, you know, out from this injury and be the spectacular player he was before this injury? Yeah. Um, it sucks to see, you know, Odell go down the way that he did. You know, I know he put so much into this offseason to get back um, where he once was. Uh, I haven't reached out to him just yet because I obviously know O, o is a, a very global uh, figure. So I, I wanted to let everything die down a little bit and probably reach out to him within the next couple of days. But it's definitely, it, it sucks to see a warrior go down like that, you know, because we know how much he loves the game. We know how much he put into the game. And, uh, you know, we had conversation in the off season, you know, feeling like this was going to be his best year. So dev- devastating news. Once I saw it, um, I wish, oh, nothing but the best and the speedy recovery. And I know he's going to put his head down and grind and, um, and come back better and faster than he once was. And talking about another wide receiver, Antonio Brown just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Granted, he did not play this past Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, but do you think he's expected to make his debut week nine, if I'm not mistaken, for the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And we both know A.B. You played against A.B. A.B. was a former teammate of mine. You look at the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. I think those were the two legit teams he was considering. He decided to go with uh go to Tampa. I know you, you, you really respect and love his game, but do you believe he still have, he has that old AB left in the tank? And if so, how good could Tampa Bay be? Um, I think he does, man. I think honestly, not really knowing the situation with, with Antonio and just being on the outside looking in, I just think he just got to get back to who he once was. You know what I mean? The hell with all, with all the stuff that comes with being a great football player. Continue to stay on that grind. Continue to to believe in what got you here. You know what I mean. I just think with this time with him being off, I think he, you know, me personally, I hope that he learned his lesson. I hope that he was able to mature in this process. And he, I, I think signing with BA, I think that was a great a great choice because BA having him when, when he was, you know, Antonio versus when he now. AB, you know, float like a butterfly thing like AB before he was that guy. So BA, uh, I believe they have a very, very unique relationship and BA is going to, and BA have a, a very, a, a unique way on settling guys in and making sure they understand that it's not about you. You in it with the team yep. or you're, or you're gone. And so I think this is a, a, a match made in heaven. And I do think um, AB has a, a lot left in the tank. Out of all the wide receivers you either you either faced mm-hmm. in a matchup or you've watched in their prime, where would you rank AB? Like all the receivers you you played against or you watched in their prime, where, where would you rank uh, AB? Because I know you you know you've rank, been high on him. Yeah, man, yeah, that's man. Yeah, I've been yeah, you know, I've been talking highly on that dude for forever, man. Since I had a first my first opportunity going against uh, the Steelers, he was well, we both was young. But I, I, I was guarding Mike Wallace that game and AB was like kind of like the slot, you know, cause no, actually Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward was the, the Z, but when he came into the game, AB was the Z and Heinz went into the slot. So mm-hmm. in base, it was Heinz and Mike. Wallace. And Mike. Yep. And so I went with Mike because obviously, you know, Mike was the faster guy. 
And you know, I forgot, I think AJ Jefferson was our other corner. So he went, always went to highest. Seeing, um, you know, seeing where he, uh, came from and to where, what he is now, it was just like, it was like, yeah, this dude belong because he's been doing it for a long, long time. So, uh, and, and, and at a consistent level too. So I put AB at probably number, jeez, man. He's top three for sure. I just don't mm-hmm. know where I'm going to put him because I got, yeah. I got Julio. I got Calvin. So like him and Calvin to me will be like, cause I think he had a better career than Calvin. Yeah. In my opinion. You know what I mean? He got better numbers, but you know, Calvin was just a different specimen, man. <laughs> that dude was yeah. just different. It was to be six, eight, you know, running like a gazelle. Like that dude was just, that, that wasn't normal. You know what I mean? He didn't belong on the football field, but. You know, he was just a freak of nature, but then you got Larry, Larry in there as a top, top five for sure. Yeah. D hop. I definitely put AB in top three. Top three. No question. Yeah. No question. Well, the team you guys played a few Monday nights ago, uh, they're still having some issues. I guess they, they still haven't gotten over the loss uh, that you handed them, uh, in the Dallas Cowboys. James Slater of the NFL network reported that anonymous player called coaches unprepared and not good at their jobs. Man, when you hear stuff like that from an anonymous player, you know, man, what are your thoughts? Man, put a date on it, man. If you're going to go out there and sit, man, put a date on it. Don't be a unanimous player calling out your coach. You know what I mean? I think, I just think if you had something to say like that, you go address the coach personally. You know yeah. what I mean? You go, his door is always open. You know, you go holler at him like, coach, I think, you know, Baze Fah, the way we moving around here, it's not, it's not what I'm used to or it's not getting us better. You know what I mean? It, it, you could have went about that a different date, but you know, like them, like your guy, he said, man, put a, put a date on it, man. Put your name on it, man. Who said it? And that's what we want to know. Who said it? And you know what, Pat, one thing I don't get, I don't agree with that as well. I'm right there with you. I don't believe in players, you know, giving anonymous statements that doesn't make any sense. Keep everything in the house. There's no right. reason for the entire neighborhood to know what's going on inside your house. But I don't know if you actually watched the game against Washington. No, uh, Bostic, you know, some people said it was a nasty hit, but clearly it was a, a, a personal foul mm-hmm. when Andy Dalton was scrambling and, and tried to slide. He slide feet first, which means that quarterback, he's giving up himself as a runner and Bostic just nailed him. And yep. he laid on the ground, on the ground motionless, motionless and none of his players came to his defense. Like none of the offensive linemen, none of the yeah. offensive players came to try to figure out. I'm not necessarily saying they should have jumped in Bostic's chest or try to get a personal foul or fight him, but just show that we're not going to tolerate that type of behavior right. against our quarterback. And then when you see these statements that are coming out from the locker room, they're not together. That's the first right. thing I see because your quarterback is the person, the one person you're supposed to protect. Right. In snap, out snap. He's Jesus right now. Like that's the guy you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so when I saw that, clearly, you know, that team is not together and they're worried about the outside noise more than what's going on inside. And because of that, you know, they're still struggling. And last thing we're going to hit on around the league here, all things covered, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, another quarterback, uh, your former draft mate, part of the 2011 draft class. Cam Newton got benched uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. He didn't look good. I watched the game. I don't know how much of the game you watched, but yeah, he did I, not I, look I good. Did, I did watch that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I mean, the, the ball was dying on him. The person, you know, yeah. the people surrounding him wasn't really helping. The defense wasn't doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. But we got an intriguing statement I'd like to read to you and to our listeners here listening to us here on All Things Covered from former quarterback Jeff Garcia, who's now an analyst. He criticized Cam, not just for his play on the football field, but for his clothes. 
quote from Jeff Garcia. You go into this game with two touchdowns, four interceptions. You throw what? Three more interceptions. You get yanked in the second half. There's nothing going good your way. Why are you dressing like that? To bring more attention to yourself? Question mark. I be, tr- I be trying to ask the equipment managers, put me in our jock sock cart and sneak me in the back door and I'll show up on the football field and do the best that I can do. Garcia. Now yeah. he's received a lot of black backlash from that statement. Some people say, you know, it's, you know, it, it wasn't right, you know, racially right. The right thing to say clearly, you know, if people felt like he was attacking Cam's character, nothing to do football, football wise, but attacking his character. Uh, when you hear a statement, a statement like that from a former player and a former quarterback, you know, what's the first thing come to mind for you? I did. This is my first time hearing, hearing about that. And what do I mean? At the end of the day, it doesn't the way someone dressed coming to a game that shouldn't rub you the wrong way. I mean, the way a guy dress or the way I, I, I feel that um, I want to uh, come up to the game because I may have a fashion sense or I may be into fashion or I may have my own brand that I'm trying to get out there. I mean, who do you to try to decide on what I should wear or, or how you think I should dress? I yeah. Mean, who are you, Jeff Garcia? I mean, I know you, you, you're a great Well, you, you played in this league and you've done some great things for um, throughout your career, but got to think about it. like the, the times are different you know so with with younger guys in in this generation that's something that they look forward to i mean do you do when when uh when Tra- uh, Travis Kelsey dressed the way he dressed or go down the line i mean guys have guys have ideas guys have things that they feel that they can express themselves off the things that they wear so I thought that was, I would just for, for my first time hearing it. I, that's BS. Then to say, roll him in a dang on what he said. And he said, uh, uh, the, the, the sock, the, the jock sock or something like that. What did he in say? In the back of the stadium. Then yeah, when it's time to play football. In basically put me in the, our jock sock cart and sneak me in the back door. That's mm-hmm. what he said. He would tell the equipment managers. See, one, one thing I, I think a lot of people, the ignorant statements that we hear from a lot of folks, comes from them not understanding something right with some individuals when they don't understand something they say they think it's wrong they think Mm -hmm. it's not appropriate and fashion is a way for people to express themselves um it's, it's, it's nothing it's no different for me being a wrestling fan and when i used to see stone cold steve austin come down to the ring in a stone and an austin 316 shirt you know he's he's expressing himself Right. Uh, the way Cam Newton dressed has nothing to do with who he is as a player. He just happened to have a bad ball game, right? right. We just talked about, you know, sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. Right. That happens in the National yeah. Football League. And it's not like he just started dressing like this. He's been dressing like this forever since he got into the league. Yes, this you is who what he mean? is. Yeah, this him. is who he is. You know, some players have an identity outside of the helmet. Right. You know what I mean? And 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 because of how he dressed. You can get marketing opportunities from doing these things. You know what I mean? You're a corporation. Your job is to promote yourself outside right. of the brand that we all know of. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was right for Garcia, me personally. I think your job is to assess the play on the football field. Right. Not right. As a football right. analyst, my job is to talk about what you do in between the lines. I'm not qualified to talk about what you do outside of the lines. Then on top of this, Matt. You were a quarterback. You yes. played in this league. 
You know how hard it like is you, to be a quarterback in this league. Right. So you tell you trying to tell me you never had a game like this before? <laughs> you know, the film don't lie. You exactly. know he exactly. So don't forget about when Check you were in Jeff. Yeah. Don't don't, don't act <laughs> like on, you man. Were, the the best thing since sliced bread. Right. He, did, did, did Jeff win MVP? In I don't know. I probably no. I don't think oh, so. Okay, just checking. Just checking. No, he didn't win no. He didn't win no MVP. Cam won an MVP dressing like yeah, he did actually in 2015 actually. Yeah, and Cam made it to the Super Bowl. I don't even think Jeff Garcia made it to the Super Bowl as a quarterback. No, I think he won one playoff game with To with the catch. I think. Yeah, well, he didn't make he didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if you were to compare careers between those two players and not trying to do that, but Cam has had a better career. You know what I mean? But I don't think that's right. That's not appropriate. As an analyst, Pat, you know our job is to talk about what we see in between the lines. Yeah. You know, give an unbiased take. I can care less. As long as you're not causing no harm to nobody, to anybody or to yourself, I can Mm -hmm. care less about what you're wearing. As long as the team think it's appropriate, if Belichick has an issue with it. Why do you? Yeah, if you don't have an issue with it, I mean, if why, he's why following, if he's following guidelines of the team rules of uh, on their uh, on their attire, why is, are you talking? That's the thing. If Belichick <laughs> is okay with it, Jeff, clearly you should be okay with it. Even if you're not okay with it, keep your mouth closed. That's how, that's my take on it. Keep your mouth closed. Well, it's halftime for us. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side, we'll be joined by one of the best wide receivers in the game, team the best. Pat P. DeAndre Hopkins. Stay tuned. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, we're back from halftime, and like we promised you guys early in the show, we have a special guest joining us here, All Things Covered, Episode 6, 2013 first-round selection, three-time first-team All-Pro, most receiving touchdowns in the NFL since 2017, Pat P's teammate with the Arizona Cardinals, one of the best wide receivers in the game right now, DeAndre Hopkins. Man, appreciate you joining us here on All Things Covered, man. First and foremost, let's get to to the big story. Sunday night football, outstanding game from both sides. You balled out, Pat P balled out. But when you look at your entire professional career, where would you rank that ball game from Sunday night um, among the wildest ball games you participated in? Man, that's a tough question. Um, you know, obviously, previously playing against the Chiefs last year, 
uh, you know, go to win a Super Bowl up 21 nothing. That was a, that was an exhilarating game, but I'm going to have to go with this game right here because obviously my team won and it was a Super Bowl contender. It was a, it was a back and forth game. Definitely a great, great game by the Seahawks, but this game right here is, is number one for me in my NFL career. Collegiate, I would say beating LSU, uh, you know, in the bowl game, those guys was predicted to beat us. But uh, NFL that was the Peach career. Bowl, right? That was the Peach Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this great, this game right here by far, man, it, it, it tops them all. Hey, yo! So on Sunday night, um, D Hop, I know you probably didn't see it, but once Kyler noticed the uh, the single high coverage, he literally started smiling. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, <Hey>. with, <laughs> obviously, hey. with me being in practice with y'all and on the side, I know y'all always licking y'all chops. On those one-on-one matchups, talk to us a little bit about that uh, that touchdown catch, man. So that play right there was a design play to try to catch those guys off guard. You know, they 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 didn't do exactly what we thought they were going to do. You know, we got the look that we wanted, and there was one high for on the rotate that safety down. And Kyler knew off the rip he was coming to me. <laughs> um, you know, I knew we talked about in practice. This 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 is a deep ball. This this is a touchdown. We going for it. You know, no back shoulder. We this this head down. So. I knew from the rip that, you know, all I needed was that, that corner just to stand up a little bit. And, right. you know, I was taking off. And you know, if you look at it, man, he don't even get his hand on the laces. He just right. get it and throw it up because he already knew what it was all, you know, what it was, where it needed to be. But man, you know, I, when I seen it on Twitter, I was like, man, he really, <laughs> and I was like, man, nah. <laughs> That's coming. But, but bro, right bro there. really was smiling, man. Uh, you know, and, uh, it's hard for us. You know, we don't get too many one-hot looks, man. So, right. you know, what we do is, is go time. Yeah, you got to take advantage of it. But we're going to take it back a little bit. We're going to go back to your high school days. Bro, oh, it's not, not the high school You had days. 28 interceptions, five defensive touchdowns. Were you that nasty on defense? Hey, P. Hey, you got to put that thing on, man. <laughs> My high school is country, though. My high school is country. It's hard for us to, to go back and find the highlights. You know, we right. you know, man, they, they, they just started letting the DBs wear low tops when I was coming in. Oh, you had, you had some high tops? <laughs> you was, was out there with some high top cleats? <laughs> what you say? I said you were out there with some high top cleats? Man, at first I was, I was, man, but, uh, you had to earn <laughs> low tops. You know, it's one of no kind of schools. Uh, but man, we played against some good talent. Uh, you know, I played against Martavis Bryant. Who was a five star? Uh, you know, he basically the rival high school had a pick six on him. They what kind of helped me become, you know, that that, that ball knacking kind of guy because you know, I was a basketball player, and you know, they they were telling me, you know, seven on seven is is good for you. I always thought I wanted to play quarterback, and uh, they was like, you know, man, you're long, you can catch real good, you got big hands, so let's 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 see what you do on the seven on seven. And before I stepped on the field and played, I was you know catching interceptions in seven on sevens, and I was like, you know, this is this is a good position right here. And, my first high school game against the number one team in the state, I caught three interceptions, man. My first game, and and me not really being uh uh you know into to football like that because I, I I was a basketball player, I didn't know the significance of of three interceptions. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you know after after the game the following week, the news, you no know, local news, like oh we wanna. We want to interview you. I'm like, no, y'all want to interview me for what? Like, man, you had three interceptions. I'm like, okay. Still kind of really didn't understand the significance of having a lot of interceptions until I got to college. I'm getting, you know, I'm, I was a dual, I was basketball and football, but the football team asked me, did I want to play DB also? And, uh, they were low at receiver and they knew I could catch. So they was like, all right, we're going to put you over here at receiver. 
and see what you can do because we need help right here. And, uh, you know, I just kind of naturally caught that gift, that receiver, man. But I was a DB throughout, you know, high school, and that's what I thought I wanted to be. But, man, 28 interceptions, I think I still got the record. Stephon, Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Joseph, it's a lot of South Carolina, you know, DBs that are in the NFL that uh you know that, that are DBs now and I think I still hold that record and that was only three years too man. Man three years. That's, that's crazy. I mean my thing is this yeah. though at at what point did they at what point did they decide to not throw your direction? Like I mean after 15, 16, 17 you would you would think the offense would get the notice like yo hop can play some football. We need to throw the opposite opposite direction. It was after my junior year. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, they by that time the damage was done. So yeah, it was already going, done. So I had to get get in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's what's yeah. up, man. Yeah. So anyone that follows you and your career know about the relationship you have with your mom, who's legally bl- uh, blind. But you know, talk about you know how influential she's been in your life. And and I I heard that she attends almost every ball game that she's able to attend. But just talk about that one on one relationship you have with your mom. Oh yeah, you know, uh, like a lot of you know young. You know, black African Americans, you know, single, single parent household is common. And you know, just like a lot of other people, you know, grew up in a situation, uh, you know, that, that we had to, you know, make it out and everything around us was, you know, resourceful, you know, so, you know, it's a story that, you know, a lot of people are familiar with, man. I think that's what resonates with a, a lot of us athletes. And it's a story that not just I, but, but you guys as well have been, you know, in situations like that. Um, and, you know, my mom is, you know, that's, that's, that's my mom and dad when you grow up in a situation like that. So Father's Day, you give mom a gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my mom, she, she's blind, uh, legally blind and been like that for years. And she's, uh, man, she's my, she's my number one supporter, my number one critic off the field, on the field. Uh, you know, I got a girl. Oh yeah. Mom's got to meet her first. Well, you know, I'll, come on. She got to go to lunch with me. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and when I'm not, when uh, when my name isn't heard enough on the football field, she calls. She the first one to call me. Like I ain't hear name enough. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, it's it's like a, a lot of other people, man. You know, mom's best friend. And that, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to see that relationship you have with your uh, your beautiful queen, man. Um, but we uh, I know a lot of people know D Hop, the football player. I got an opportunity to, as you being my teammate. Got an opportunity to see how you move and see some of the things you're intrigued in. I know you, uh, you're very intrigued in fashion. I know you love fashion, yeah. but you just recently picked up another language. Talk to us about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was, how I got into the other, other language, uh, Italian, uh, doing business and fashion with some Italians. And, you know, um, I was at the dinner table with those guys one day and, you know, they, they were, they were speaking Italian and, you know, they was, you know, kind of just talking around me. And I was like, man, you know, if I'm going to do business with these guys, I need to be able to somewhat understand at least, you know, a little bit of this, of this language just so they can see that, you know, he's trying to indulge in our language because English is a common language all across the world. Right. Uh, traveling to Paris, uh, you know, everyone can speak English, uh, you know, and it's something that's taught early, but I'm like, man, you know, we're only taught to, taught to speak Spanish, you know, or, you know, certain languages. And, you know, that's what kind of got me indulged in, in trying to learn another language and just traveling, man, and and just, you know, meeting people and, and trying to just do things outside the box that, you know, commonly, you know, we, we, we feel like that we can't do. What's your favorite place you traveled to so far? 
Man, my favorite place, bro, is Paris. Paris, they man, the, the fashion there is is crazy, man. You you'll get a little mom and pop brand, and it's the best material, everything. But uh, I was supposed to go to Italy, but COVID kind of messed that up. I was supposed to take a nice trip to Italy. Y'all been to Italy before? Yeah, remember we talked about it. Remember I tell you about the Amalfi Coast and uh, oh yeah, that is right, Milan and all that stuff. Uh, Capri. I love Italy. Italy is a beautiful, beautiful place, man. I think you'll definitely love it out there because it's a lot. It's, it's a lot like Paris, but it's a it's a like far as like in Capri and the Amalfi Coast, it's more like a lot of mom and pop stuff. So if you go to restaurants, it's like you're eating in someone's house. Like they, oh, yeah. they get all their ingredients, you know, off their farm. You know what I mean? You know, out of their garden. So it's real. It's real authentic. authentic. I think you really would uh, enjoy that for sure. Okay. Check that out, Monty Coast. So, D Hop, man, watching you right now for the audience that are watching us here on YouTube, uh, they see you have a sweatshirt on, more than a vote sweatshirt. Uh, talk about what this election means to you, and also, too, you know, you made the headlines actually before you got into the stadium, you know, catching passes and scoring a touchdown. You made the headlines traveling uh, to the stadium, and I think you was in a nice Ferrari with no roof. The roof was missing on Ferrari. Nice, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but man, I shout, made, out, shout made, out to the Italians. No question. Nice Ferrari, man. But on the way to the stadium, you made headlines. I guess there were some Trump supporters on the road and they felt like, you know, you were driving fast and you kind of flicked them off. But talk a little bit about that situation along with uh, what the election means to you this year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the election, I think it means a lot to not just myself, but everybody. You know, anytime you have a person like that, that, you know, is, is disrespectful to, to a group of people when they're standing for something good, obviously. Uh, that's not a good sign. That's not something that is, is good. I feel like for, for, for people who, who mean well, like my brothers, like Colin Kaepernick. So I think it's not just sports, obviously more than a vote. Uh, LeBron James, uh, and, and what those guys are doing is, is, you know, it's, it's powerful. It's something that's going to be remembered for decades and probably, you know, the rest of our lives. Uh, you know, he's, he's getting a group of people together that are influencers to put out the message to go vote and, and help and spread the message on where to, what location, which I think is something that has obviously uh, been, been, you know, not interpreted to us properly how to do those things, which is, you know, changing, which back when they took away the Jim Crow laws and, and stuff like that, you know, back to segregation, even though, you know, we're free and we can vote, uh, it's still, you know, underlying sentences of where to and how and, and really what it means. And, you know, those things are so more than the vote. Man, it's, it's educating people uh, at the end of the day. Uh, even if you know you, you don't go vote, uh, you know they're 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 making people aware of you know your your human rights and what you want your country to stand for. So you know that's why I wear this proudly this shirt because uh, that's something that I, I want to be remembered by as, as someone who stands up for something you know that's that's on the good uh, you know on the good side of things. And you know obviously yesterday uh, I made a lot of headlines which. It's, it's the world. It's the internet. Uh, you know, anything you do now, especially in my shoes, is going to be publicized. Driving on the highway, I guess I got in between, uh, a train or, you know, a bunch of cars that I wasn't supposed to be in between in my car. And, you know, they was honking the horn at me and stuff like that, I guess, to get, tell me to get out the, out of their way. And I didn't. And the guy in front of me stepped on his brakes and tried to stop dead in traffic. And I got around him. And I stuck him a birdie. I really, you know, was about to stick, you know, do the peace sign to him, but my this and this finger right here was kind of hurting. So 
it ain't make it up in time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, you know, I was like, darn dude, you know, you trying to stop on brakes and, and dead traffic because I'm, I'm in you guys train or whatnot, just trying to go to work. And so, yeah, um, it wasn't nothing, nothing throwing out the car or anything like that. No speeding. Obviously you see me, um, you know, right there. I, and, you know, if, if I was in a Ferrari, you know, speeding, you know, I don't think you'd be able to just take a still picture of me. Right. But yeah, that's all. Man, I thought it was bogus because heck, I was, we were all, we all was in that traffic. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I didn't see a problem with it because it, it wasn't, it wasn't a scheduled parade. You know what I mean? You're, we're, we're driving on the highway trying to get to point B. You know what I mean? So. Um, and it just it just goes to show, man, that th- those people are still out there, man. So we just have to make sure that, that we stay woke. And- yeah, man, one love, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm like Bob yeah. Marley, one love, you know, peace. Yeah, that's all that's yeah, what I stand for. You know what I'm saying? Peace, man. Peace until you blocks. get on the football field. Right. Well, well since we're talking about the uh That's, the that's it. Until then. Right. <laughs> Do you think uh, the NFL – uh, as of right now, doing a good job promoting um, social justice and what more would you like to see done or raise more awareness on it? I think they're taking steps. This is something that kind of just smacked smack everybody in the face. Uh, a lot of occurrences back to back that happens. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's been happening, but now you got cameras. So I think it's, it's kind of taking them by surprise. Uh, on what's going on and how fast people are reacting and wanting to answer. But I think they're doing their best of trying to do things where us, you and I, as players, we play a big part in that also of, of helping them get that message out. And I think a lot of players are doing uh, doing their job, doing that. And do I think that the NFL could do more? They could do more. Man, I, I, I would want to be able to, to talk to somebody there because I think that one thing they could do more of is talk to – us players and let us, you know, really decide and dictate certain things, the current mm-hmm. players. And, you know, I'm not part of the NFL uh, PA uh, on the team, on the board. And I don't think that if you are on that board and not on that board, you should only have a say. So, you know, that's one thing that I felt like, you know, people that represent us, you know, they mean well, but some people also got a voice and, you know, have great opinions, but not necessarily want to be part of those guys that have voted for the NFL, you know, PA stuff. And uh, that's probably the only thing that I would say since I've been in the league that I, I saw that could probably help and, and make a difference. Gotcha. Well, let's transition in, transition to Clemson, right? Uh, three years there, Clemson, South Carolina, University of Clemson, uh, where Florida State probably was whooping you left and right, but we ain't going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> no, but no gum, no gum. <laughs> but when you look at your position, right, Hop, the wide receiver position, I mean, many people feel like Clemson, their wide receiver, you of college football. And when you were in a Tiger uniform, you had yourself, right, Martavius Bryant, a young Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Also, I forgot Adam Humphreys was on that Adam team Humphreys. as well, right? I mean, Clemson, Clemson is kind of like Humphreys. the Pittsburgh Steelers of college football when it comes to hitting on wide receivers. What? What has what is the reason for the success at the wide receiver position with Clemson? I think it's the strength training coaches. I think a lot of people they don't they don't see the, the grind that goes on. But once you're in college, man, that that weight room and and changing your body from freshman to to your junior senior year, 
it, it makes a big difference on how you're going to, you know, play in the NFL. I, I think that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't, don't, don't see and don't get a lot of credit from. But strength trainers, I think we got some of the best strength trainers in the game on, you know, the way guys run and, and develop from becoming uh, a high school sensation and, and really taking that next step because a lot of guys at Clemson are three and out. And so you got to have a staff and, and, and coaches that are helping those guys develop because, you know, football, man, that's that's going to come natural. You're going to go out there and do your thing. Um, right. But, you know, I think that's something that, you know, I would say we, we stand out apart as our strength trainer. So could you tell Dabo and the, and the program was on the verge on something really special when you was leaving? I could. I could, bro. Man, it was it was definitely that LSU game that kind of got us over the hump. But, you know, you, you got, you know, SEC and, you know, obviously, you know, Florida State. But, you know, Clemson have good teams, but we would just have okay teams. We'll have great players on our team. But uh, once Dabo got there, he gave the – man, he gave the whole town, the city of Clemson, a different, a different spark. Uh, just the way, you know, he coached and, you know, the stories you hear about I'm just playing pickup basketball game with players. It was just a different energy. So after Clemson, you know, 2013, your first round selection uh, to the Houston Texans, instantly, you know, you really showed the organization they made the right choice in drafting you. But I can tell you this much, the people that were throwing you the football, no shade to them, but they weren't ideal. I mean, early in your career, you had Matt Schaub, Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brock Osweiler, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Tom Savage. And then in 2017, now, listeners, if you're listening to us on the podcast and you're not watching us on YouTube, you should be watching us on YouTube as well. You didn't get a chance to see D-Hop. The names that I was reading off, he put his head down on the table as I'm reading these names off. And then 2017, Deshaun Watson arrives in Houston. Man, talk about how excited you were when they drafted Deshaun Watson because you still had success with the guys that I mentioned. You still had success. But now you get a a proven, talented player at the quarterback position. How important was he for your career in Houston when you guys played together? And how excited you were when they drafted him? Man, when when they drafted Deshaun Watson, I think – I told everyone in my family that's the happiest I've been since being in the NFL. Wow. Wow. True statement. True statement, man. That was, I, I made, you know, went to the Pro Bowl, hung out with some, you know, some, some guys I looked up to. But when we got Deshaun, man, I, I knew then that, you know, my career could excel to, you know, my potential. And him and I broke records together. You know, obviously he's still doing his thing down there, you know, with what he has and, you know, he'll turn around. I know Deshaun, he's a leader. Uh, you know, he'll baller. But man, once we, once we drafted Deshaun, man, I think, you know, I was, I was happier than I was obviously anybody, uh, cause he's throwing me the football. We, we bonded from day one. Obviously two Clemson guys. He came to Houston. You know, I gave him advice, you know, just about, you know, how to maneuver, man, and, and how to be a professional. Uh, and that was something that, you know, he's, he's obviously taking the next step and, and doing right now. Well, speaking of the, your, your former quarterback, we're going to talk about Kyler on Monday night uh, on the broadcast oh. like last week. They said Kyler Murray, you said Kyler Murray was the first quarterback to yell at you as a pro. Why? Like, tell us, walk through us, like, how that went down. Like, I, did, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Man, you know, he got a high-pitched voice. So, at first, you know, I, I ain't know. I was like, man, who, who, who yelling at me? Who yelling at me? <laughs> then I had, I had a look, and he was looking at me. I was like, oh, he on me. 
<laughs> like no, it was what, what happened though? Like it was just a miscommunication. Man, so it was a it was a miscommunication on, okay. on my behalf. He gave a, he gave a signal. I ran the wrong signal that he gave, okay. which ended up to him throwing an interception. Oh, uh, luckily, you. you know, you guys played good defense and got the ball back right to us <laughs> after, but it was on a slant. Landon Collins caught it. I was supposed to run a goal. I ran a slant and I took Landon Collins to the other side where he was throwing. And, uh, you know, man, right after Kyler was, he was on me, man. He was talking yeah. about me, you know, getting my playbook. I mean, funny story right there with Kyler Murray at that stage in his career, you know, willing, he's okay in ho- uh, hollering at a potential Hall of Fame player offensively in DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that says a lot about you, D-Hop, because you're willing to accept when you're wrong, move on and continue to make plays. So that's big time leadership. And, and talking about leadership, what you guys currently have there, you know, we talked about the Deshaun Watson move that the Texans made in 2017. Uh, but a few months ago, you know, the Cardinals and the Texans made big time headlines. A, the unthinkable happened when the Texans and Bill O'Brien decided to move you, uh, a move that shocked everybody. Even Pat P said he didn't believe it. He thought it was fake news. He didn't believe that that actually was a reality. At what point? Well, number one, set the, you can set the record straight, D hop or whatever it is you want, you would like to do here on all things covered. But how was the relationship for you guys throughout your career there? And if it became Rocky, at what point did it become Rocky between you and Bill O'Brien? Yeah, uh, man, I would say, you know, it was like a head coach player relationship. Uh, you know, really wasn't, uh, you know, um, uh, a relationship to, you know, that's just kind of, you know, to say, to say the least. So, um, you know, there's nothing not, not like bad or good, I can say, you know, because, you know, it was, it was a player coach situation. You know, I was doing my job. He's doing his job, mom. So, you know, I guess, you know, the Rocky part, I guess, you know, came when I knew I was about to be traded. And, you know, that's really it. But I think I, I'm on the right side of, of, you know, what happened and, you know, appreciative of, you know, being able to play with the Arizona Cardinals, man, um, my new team, knowing the kind of football and the style I wanted to play and where I wanted to be on in a team. Uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, a, a situation that, you know, I was grateful for it to happen. What led you to believe you would be traded? Uh, man, me just, you know, my, my intuition. Yeah. I uh, knowing, you know, you, you, when you, you're a football player, you know, you, you have intuition, man. You, you've been around the business long enough, mm-hmm. been in the league for seven years, seeing how things work. I seeing what's going on. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's the job, man. At the end of the day, uh, you know, people have, you know, family to take care of. So. For me, you know, I don't, I don't put any, any hard feelings into it because, you know, I, I got the family and, you know, a, a real life, you know, a reality that I, I live every day. So, you know, that's just my job. Short question here, Hop. So, uh, start a sit, Kyler Murray <laughs> or Deshaun Watson? Man, that's a tough one. Huh? I gotta uh, hear this. Start, start Kyler Murray, sit Deshaun Watson. Okay. Why? Why? Can we get a why? Kyler is, is, you know, a young goat. Deshaun is a young goat. Uh, but the reason why is because Kyler is throwing me the ball in, uh, two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Hey. Good, great, great answer. Great answer. Great answer. Last question before we jump to the superlative part of our show, D Hop. Man, you did something a lot of players, you know, clearly probably won't attempt to do, which is negotiate your own contract. 
You yeah. recently signed a two-year deal, $54 million contract, bro. Number one, I applaud you for being able to do that and get it done the right way that both parties are happy with the deal. But can, briefly, could you fill us in on that process and what led you to that mindset to be able to go into a Fortune 500 company and negotiate your deal and be willing to walk out and get exactly what you wanted? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, it was a decision that wasn't easy. I had to talk it out with my mom, uh, you know, my, 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 my decision maker that helps me, you know, make all my decisions. And, you know, we prayed on it and thought that, you know, it would be a good thing to do knowing where I want to be after football. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, it was, it was something that I, I didn't hesitate to do once I kind of got that affirmative from my mom that we can do this. Uh, obviously, everyone in the NFL has financial advisors, but, my financial advisor is, uh, you know, someone that is, you know, overly qualified to be a financial advisor. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's a great businessman. So he's my mentor also, you know, saying a young black brother, you know, from Houston. Along with that, having the, the education of, of agents and knowing, you know, the percentage they make and, and me just feeling like, all right, I know I can go in here and do this deal and, you know, the percentage that I can give an agent. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to do and still keep that relationship with the team. I thought that was something that was important to me to have an open communication with my organization. Uh, and, you know, after what happened in Houston, I, I felt that I wanted a better line of communication, you know, with, with, with what's going on, uh, you know, so I can never be lost in what's going on. And man, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy though. A lot of, uh, a lot of nights reading, reading, you know, papers, contract languages because, uh, I had a, you know, a team. I had three guys that helped me do it. One of them, two of them are, are financial advisors and one of them is a, a expert at contracts for the NFL and not just NFL, but all contracts. So got those three guys together, man. And, you know, we, we made history, uh, did something that, you know, not a lot of athletes have, have done before. And, and I think it's something that opened the door for players, uh, you know, and, no, no, not to any agent. My agent was a good agent. You know, it wasn't no, no bad blood between us. It was just a decision that I wanted to do. And players, we can, you know, we, we can do a lot if we put our mind to it. You know, other than football, that's just something that we put a lot of hours in. But, you know, man, we, we special people, man. We dedicated in anything that we do. So, you know, I was one of the young guys and, you know, even older guys, you know, to kind of, you know, understand that. Started taking the power in our own hand, man, especially what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it's time for us to, you know, start, start making, uh, you know, business decisions that's, you know, going to change, change the trajectory of, of, you know, what's going on. There you have great answer. Great answer. Now, uh, we're going to transition to the superlative part of our show, D Hop. And these is just rapid questions. We need your, your, your first answer, the first answer that come to mind for you. I got the first question for you. Best pro team you played on? Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. Best basketball player in the NFL. Best basketball player in the NFL. Uh, Dwayne Brown. Ooh, Dwayne Brown. The big left tackle for, for Seattle? Legit. He got yeah. something? He legit, man. Hey, he used to be a tight end in, uh, in college, man. At VTech. VTech. Yeah. 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 All right. Most underrated wide receiver ever. Ever Tyler Lockett. Ooh. Mm. Best. Wide, uh, quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL today. Today, Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes. Mm. 
Yeah, no knock there. Last question for you. Toughest cornerback matchup right now for you and over your career. So currently the the, the toughest uh cornerback matchup for you and then over the course of your career. Uh I'm gonna go Jalen, uh Jalen Ramsey, because uh, we played each other twice a year. Jack's um, yeah. you know, I played Pat, you know, one time, man. Pat was probably Overall, the, the hardest matchup, even though, you know, you know, my team won, man, that was, that was probably one of the funnest games I played in since playing in the NFL was against Pat. But, uh, you know, Jalen, Jalen, man, you know, twice a year, the guy that, you know, Russ won't let him, you know, it is what it is. You got to play ball. Right. No doubt about it. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, Russ. man. We appreciate you, D-Hop, for joining us here on All Things Covered, man. It's yes, an sir. honor, man. Make sure you stay healthy yes, while you get into man. your bye week. And, man, y'all boys keep Boy, chopping man. wood with the Miami Dolphins coming. Matter of fact, you talk about cornerback matchup. You got two corners that Miami, they're paying top dollar to, and uh, Byron Jones and uh, Xavier, Xavier Howard. So that should be a fun matchup oh, yes. coming off of your bye week. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me on the show. Yes, Thank sir. you, all, Any, Anytime, baby. Well, Pat, I know you play with D Hop, but what are some of the things you learned uh, through our chat with DeAndre Hopkins? You know, I had an opportunity to get to talk to him about his relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a, a beautiful story for the relationship that him and his mom share. And um, like you said, that's his mom and his dad. And for her to be, you know, legally blind and, and still be able to to raise the man that she raised in him, that was a command command to uh, to Mama Hop. For sure. But, you know, Hop is a, a very, he, he's into a lot of things. He's just like he talked about. He's just not an athlete. You know what I mean? He want, he learning another language, you know, Italian, um, being into fashion, wanting to travel the world, you know, uh, want his voice to be heard, you know, so you can tell that he's a guy that has his hands in a lot of things and, and wants to see a uh, change in this world. No doubt. No doubt. One of the best receivers in the game, but also a very, very influential individual outside yeah. the lines. No doubt about it. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to our sixth episode on All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday where you can expect all things will be covered. Peace. Peace. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.